This summer, the world must answer one question. Why has no one made a popsicle that gets you high yet? That's right, it's summer, and it's time for you to get your hands on America's new favorite product, Danksicles. 20 milligrams of THC in two great flavors, the latest and greatest innovation from IndiCloud. Is IndiCloud the greatest company to come out of America? Maybe. But what we do know for sure is that IndiCloud is the best way to get dispensary-grade cannabis delivered directly to your door, 100% legally. Yes, they ship legally to all states. No medical card needed. Whether it's vapes as big as your head, flowers you won't find in your mom's garden, or of course, popsicles that get you high as What are you waiting for? Go to indicloud.co slash spring24 and get discreet delivery on top shelf THC products. Head over to indicloud.co slash spring24. That's co, not com, to snag 30% off your first order. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. This case gets talked about a lot and it's one that I'm seriously shocked hasn't been solved yet. We have video surveillance footage of the murderer and yet no one has been arrested in the murder of 45-year-old mom of three and fitness instructor, Terry Missy Beavers, who was brutally murdered inside the Creekside Church located in Midlothian, Texas, in the early hours on April 18th, 2016. Tonight, we'll talk about what happened to Missy, what evidence we have in the case, the suspects, theories, and any updates we have for 2021. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to tonight's sponsor. Our sponsor for tonight's episode is O'Brien Garage Doors a family-owned and operated garage door company that provides residential garage door services, including repairs, sales, installation services, and more. Keeping your garage door in proper repair is a vital part of keeping yourself safe. So, true crime addicts, listen up. Their technicians are certified and trained to take care of all of your garage door needs so that you can rest easy. Whether your garage needs service or you just need a brand new one, they're happy to help. It's only $49.50 to get it checked out and tuned up at O'BrienDoor.com or you can search for them on Google. Just search O'Brien Garage Doors near me. You can also schedule your service right on their website. So stop delaying those repairs, get it done, and relax knowing that your garage door is doing its job. That's O'BrienDoor.com. Okay, let's jump in. Now, just a little backstory of our victim. Missy was 45 years old. She was married to a man named Brandon Beavers, whom she had three children with. She had a daughter named Hannah, Allie, and Sarah. They lived in Red Oak, Texas, where she was where she was a public school teacher and worked with students with special needs for some time. Later in life, she decided to switch things up. She started to really watch her health. She began working out and eating really healthy. So she decided to combine her love of teaching with health and become a fitness instructor. Seriously, this woman was in incredible shape. She would teach Camp Gladiator Boot Camp classes, which is an outdoor fitness class that combines both cardio and strength training. It's pretty intense. 
On the evening before Missy's class, she looked up the weather and learned that it was supposed to rain the following day. So she posted on social media, letting everyone in her class know that they would be working out indoors for the class at the Creekside Church, which is what they typically did any time that they were going to get bad weather. Then she went to bed because she had to be up at 3 a.m. the next morning. Missy arrived at the church around 4.20 a.m. the following morning on April 18, 2016. She always liked to get there about 40 to 45 minutes early just to set everything up for her fitness class, which was scheduled to start around 5 a.m. So she got to the church, she started to get things set up, take things from her truck and bring them in, not knowing that she wasn't alone in the building. Around 5 a.m., Missy's students began showing up for her class, and when the first few students walked into the room, to their horror, they found her lying there, bloody and unresponsive. They called 911, and paramedics arrived to find that she had a head injury and multiple puncture wounds to her chest. There was a gun found next to her body that didn't appear to be hers. Missy died shortly after the paramedics arrived, and the investigation into her murder began immediately. Police found glass from broken windows scattered on the floor of the building. Unfortunately, the church didn't have a security alarm system, and the outside surveillance cameras weren't working at the time. Police also found marks on the back door of the church, which led them to believe that this was likely how the perpetrator got into the building, and maybe the motive might have been robbery. However, when they searched the church, they discovered that nothing had been taken. And Missy, well, she was wearing a beautiful wedding ring when she was murdered, and that was still on her finger. It hadn't been taken either. Her truck was found sitting in the parking lot, and it still had all of her belongings in it, including her purse, her cell phone, her wallet, and her iPad. So, one of the next things police did was to take a look at the surveillance video footage from inside the church, and what they found was a gold mine. At around 3.50 a.m. on the morning of the murder, surveillance footage captured an unknown individual breaking into the church. What was really unusual about this person was that they were dressed head-to-toe in faux SWAT gear. Like, this is not something you'd see every day, and definitely not something that a typical burglar might wear. This person was wearing a black helmet and even a vest with police written on it. The video showed this person just wandering through the halls, opening doors and drawers, but not really taking anything. They didn't even appear to be looking for anything. They just sort of wandered aimlessly, taking their time walking around the halls of the church. He or she carried a hammer in their left hand, which would be used to kill Missy. An autopsy of Missy's body revealed that she had died from multiple puncture wounds to her head and her chest. The medical examiner was able to determine that, quote-unquote, the wounds on Missy's head and chest were consistent with the tool the suspect was carrying throughout the building. The killer was described to be between 5'2 and 5'8 tall. Their feet predominantly pointed outward, and they walked with a limp. 
I'll post the video footage over on my Facebook page and I highly encourage you to have a look. But this person had a very distinct walk. They sort of sway back and forth and move their arms a certain way. It's one of those things that you just kind of have to see to yourself to know what I'm talking about. Unfortunately, in the video, you can't see the person's face. It's hidden behind the mask and you can't even tell their gender. Police weren't really sure if this was a male or a female. Surveillance video from that morning also shows Missy arriving at and then entering the church around 4.20 a.m. At some point, Missy and the intruder cross paths and she's killed with the hammer. We don't really know if this was also captured on video, Police have obviously never released it to the public for very obvious reasons. They've said that they don't have it on videotape, but we don't know if they're kind of just keeping it close to their chest in case there's something on there that maybe only the killer would know. Now, police released the initial video I talked about of the suspect just sort of walking around the church in their riot gear with that very distinctive walk and what appears to be an injury to their right leg. Police also sought to question the driver of a 2010 to 2012 model Nissan Altima that appeared in surveillance footage from SWFA Outdoors, which is a hunting and fishing store about a mile down the road from the church. This car was seen driving around the area around the time that Missy was killed, again kind of wanderlessly in the early morning. The car had a distinct bumper sticker on it, but unfortunately, because of the quality of the video footage, you can't make out what the bumper sticker says or who is driving this car. But either way, police believe that this may have either been the killer or maybe someone driving a getaway car. So while police began to take tips from the public after releasing these videos, they also speak with Missy's husband, Brandon, who says he has no idea who would want to hurt her. Upon a search of Missy's cell phone, they do discover evidence that the couple appeared to be going through some financial difficulty. They also discovered that Missy had been having an affair, sending flirtatious text messages back and forth between herself and a couple of men. When they ask Brandon about it, he admits to the financial struggles and he says he's also aware of the affairs, but they had been trying to work everything out. So, of course, with this information, Brandon becomes suspect number one pretty much right away. However, he has an alibi. He was away on a fishing trip in Mississippi, which is confirmed by several people, video footage, receipts, you name it. Uh, when I finally arrived in Biloxi uh, around 7.30, which was later than I was supposed to be there, you know, I spoke to her and uh, she said goodnight and it was still about 8 o'clock and I, I called her anyway probably around nine or nine thirty to tell her I love her and she was already half asleep and that's the last time I spoke to her. But of course, even with his alibi and all of this evidence to back it up, it didn't stop people from talking. Even if Brandon was away and not physically the killer, some people speculated that it didn't mean he hadn't orchestrated something. Any husband would be furious that their wife was having an affair, and then with the financial troubles, he would have been able to possibly cash out on a life insurance policy, right? Well, one theory that really began to heat up 
was that it was Brandon's father, Missy's father-in-law, that may have murdered her for him. And I've got to admit, this was a theory that just always stuck out in my mind. The father's name is Randy Beavers, and physically, he has the same body type as the person that's in the surveillance video. He's kind of short, he's stocky, and most noticeably, he has that same sort of sway when he walks. I'll post this video too over on my Facebook page so that you can have a look and decide for yourself. But there have been some comparisons made of Randy walking and then the suspect walking and it looks very similar. When I saw it, I was like, yep, that's him. Like that is how much they look alike. This theory spread like wildfire when it was discovered that Randy had dropped off a bloody woman's large blouse off at the dry cleaners. Apparently, the person working there was so freaked out that they called the police right away. Randy would say that his wife's chihuahua was injured in a dog fight and that the blood actually belonged to the dog. There was a veterinarian who confirmed that Randy brought in the dog after the attack, and unfortunately, the dog did pass away. But of course, police obviously just can't take his word for it, so they have the shirt tested, and yep, it comes back to belonging to a dog. It wasn't human blood at all. I don't know why he didn't just throw away the shirt instead of having it dry clean, but I don't know. And guess what? Randy, he also has an alibi for the day of the murders that police say checks out. He was traveling in California and it was all confirmed, so he has been ruled out as a suspect. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so. I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. 
Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. So who killed Missy Beavers? Was it random? Was it a planned attack? Police have received more than 2,000 tips just in the first few months that they started investigating this. They've spent thousands of hours investigating the 2016 murder of Terry Missy Beavers, but five years later, the case still remains a mystery. Let's talk through some of the other theories. So one theory is that the killer was completely unknown to Missy, and that's why still to this day, the murderer hasn't been caught. We always start by looking closely at those who knew the victim. Well, here we are five years later, and everyone close to Missy seems to have been cleared by police. It's possible that Missy was just in the wrong place, maybe at the wrong time. It just it doesn't appear that the intent was ever really burglary, as nothing was taken. But the suspect could have gone there just to maybe, I don't know, hurt someone, kill someone, and it happened to be Missy that was there. This person was seen wandering around and exploring the church, taking their time in no rush at all, rather than staking out the area Missy might enter and waiting for her, which is what you would think a killer would do. Maybe they were there just to look around and not to commit a murder at all. Or perhaps this person knew who Missy was, but Missy didn't know them. Missy did have a strong social media presence, and because she was a fitness instructor, she would have shared her schedule out pretty publicly. Someone may have seen her and may have targeted her specifically, whether online or elsewhere, killed her and then left. And they may not have any connection with her other than the fact that they targeted her as the victim. It was reported that Missy had a favorite gym that she would visit just about every day for the last three years. Like seriously, this was her passion and now her job. So she spent a ton of time at this particular gym. She knew all of the staff. She was a regular. She became friends with the owner. It was sort of her happy place. 
But about two weeks before her murder, apparently she stopped going to this gym. No idea if she randomly decided to switch gyms or if she stopped going for any specific reason, but it was definitely not like her to just not be going to this gym. The Dallas Morning News reported that Missy had received a creepy message on LinkedIn three days before she was killed and that when she showed her friend the message, they both thought it was strange because it was from a man that neither of them knew. Now, that's about as far as this lead would go. I use LinkedIn and typically the messages I get are about job opportunities or networking. But I imagine there are creepers out there who use the page to, I don't know, reach out for love interests. Either way, it's something worth noting, but we don't know anything further than just that. Police did look in on this tip. They got a warrant to search her LinkedIn account, but they couldn't locate this specific creepy message. And it's said that she may have had another unknown LinkedIn profile. We just, we don't know. While it seems to commonly be believed that this person is a man, some people speculate that the person in the SWAT gear could actually be a woman. Missy's husband, Brandon, also strongly believed that the murderer could be a female, especially in the beginning, and he thought that this person must have knew her on some sort of personal basis. Furthermore, he suggested that this unidentified person attempted to make this tragedy look like a burglary gone wrong. And I've got to agree. This person walked around opening doors and breaking glass windows, but they didn't actually take anything. It's almost like they were trying to set a scene and make it look like a burglary. But I mean, they just they didn't really bother to burglar anything. One theory is that it could have been a woman, maybe from Missy's fitness class, seeing as they would know what date and what time she would be there. To go along with the female theory, some suspect that it may have even been a pregnant female. Now, this is backed up by those who point out the way that the person walks, almost sort of like a waddle. I mean, I've been pregnant. I've had the pregnant waddle it could be, I don't know, but the person in the video does seem to sort of stagger like a pregnant person might for additional balance. When you're pregnant, the center of gravity is way off kilter, so that could be what it is. This may also be why they're wearing the riot gear, to protect themselves and their unborn baby. If you look at the video of the suspect, you might think that it's a stocky and somewhat overweight male, but some people speculate that this is actually a baby belly and padding that they're using to protect their baby. Now, I've got to be honest, I'm not so sure about this theory. I've been pregnant and I can't imagine putting my baby into harm's way like that. Even with the SWAT suit, you never know what could go wrong. What if Missy was able to grab the hammer from her assailant and then retaliate? She was really, really strong. She was in tip-top condition. She definitely, definitely would have fought back. And it seems to me that there are easier and less confrontational ways to kill someone, like maybe shooting them from a distance. Hitting them repeatedly with a hammer is so up close and personal it's not to say that it wasn't a pregnant woman. I have no idea, but I don't know. Maybe this person was so enraged with Missy that they didn't care that they were possibly putting their baby at risk. It just doesn't seem all that believable to me, to be honest. 
I tried to see if I could find out any further information as to who Missy was having an affair with, but it's been reported that she had been having an affair with at least two individuals. So, of course, I wanted to see if maybe these two people were married, if they had a wife, maybe the wife was pregnant. I'm sure this is something that the police have looked into, but I couldn't find any further details on it. Not beyond just the regular old, you know, chitter chatter people speculating. And I'm not here to like throw anybody under the bus or speculate on things that don't have any actual proof to back it up. So I'm not even going to go there. Another theory that gets talked about is maybe this was just a case of teen vandalism. Maybe it's just some kid who decided to dress up in SWAT gear and go vandalize the local church for whatever reason. Maybe they weren't expecting anyone to be in the building since it was so early in the morning and then they came across Missy and they panicked and killed her. To me, this doesn't really seem to be accurate either it just doesn't really seem believable i mean in the video this person they're opening doors drawers they're not really doing a whole lot i mean they break a window glass at one point but beyond that they don't really cause much destruction and there were a lot of things they could have damaged if they wanted to if that was their sole purpose for being in there like they could have spray painted smashed glasses, tossed furniture. They could have done a lot of stuff that they just didn't do. That's just my opinion, though. You can let me know what you think. Now, that leads me to talking about a man by the name of Bobby Wayne Henry. Police received several tips to look into this man. He was a former police officer, and he apparently still owned all of his police riot gear. He said it no longer fit him, but he still had it in his possession. Which is weird to me because I thought you had to turn that sort of stuff in when you leave. Like in the military, they give you issued kit and you have to turn it in at the end. If you don't turn it in and you have to sign paperwork that basically says you're signing off that you lost it and you have to pay for it. Either way, this guy, he's kind of bad news. He was former military and then like I said, he became a cop. But he was removed from the police force because of rape allegations. And then when he was investigated further, he was charged for possession of child porn. This guy is also known to walk with a limp, which lines up with the video surveillance footage. However, police say he is quite a bit taller than the person in the video. He's about 6'1", according to the police file, which is definitely taller than this 5'3 to 5'7 person in the video. So it appears that police have pretty much ruled him out. And he does have an alibi for the day of the murder. He says that he was at home with his wife, which she backs up. And I I mean, I know I'm not stupid. I don't give a whole lot of credibility to that sort of alibi. But yeah, Bobby Wayne Henry, get this. He worked security at the church after the murder. I'm not sure if he worked prior to Missy being murdered, but he definitely worked at Missy's memorial service. And there's video footage that, of course, I'll post once again on my Facebook page. It shows this guy just like walking around the parking lot at her memorial service. And yeah, he's got that same sort of limpy swagger. The video itself is kind of weird because 
it's pretty much just a video of him walking around outside the ceremony. And I'm not sure that the news crew would even record this if they weren't trying to secretly or like covertly document something. It's really strange. Make sure you go check it out. To me, when I saw this video, I was like, yeah, he seems like a good fit for the crime. But again, that is just my opinion. He also drove an SUV that I guess looked similar to a vehicle that one of the witnesses saw leaving the church parking lot around the time of the murder. But again, this is a completely different vehicle than the other suspicious car that was caught on camera. So there were multiple cars of interest in the area that morning, but none of them have been identified. Like I said, on his police record, it says he's 6'1". Missy's killer is supposed to be no taller than 5'7". And that is the tallest. They're really supposed to be like 5'3", which is why some people think that it was a woman. But if you look in the video, the updated video of him at the memorial service, he's really hunched over. Maybe because of that sort of humped back that he has, he's shortened in height over time. Or maybe he just appears shorter in the video versus when police took his height at the police station. I have no idea. I mean, he doesn't really look 6'1", but it's really difficult to say because like I said, he's he is kind of hunched over. Now, while this guy was in jail for those child pornography charges, he did an interview with media, and here is a short clip of that interview. I thought somebody was pranking me. They said, step out on your front porch. I step out on my front porch. There's eight police officers standing out there in full tactical gear with, with weapons drawn, and I'm like, I'm just, you know, stunned. I told them from the get-go I didn't know this woman. Never heard the name Missy Beavers before I heard it on the news. I don't know, guys. I really don't know. It doesn't appear that police are looking at him as a suspect, so maybe there's something that we aren't aware of, or maybe they just don't have enough evidence to bring forward a connection if tried. He did pass a polygraph test, though. We know that those tests are not 100%, but it's just another reason to add doubt to him being the suspect. This is one of those cases that seems like it should have been solved by now. With that crystal clear surveillance footage of the murderer, I mean, it's shocking that five years later, we don't seem to be any closer to an answer. So what are the updates in this case? Well, there's none. There's like literally none. I looked everywhere. Last year, listeners of the true crime podcast, True Crime Broads, along with Alice County Crime Stoppers, raised enough money to put up a billboard sign on State Highway 287, the same highway that's home to Creekside Church. The billboard said, help find her killer, who murdered Missy Beavers. It directs people to call Ellis County's tip line at 927-937-7297. But that billboard was taken down in December, and no new information or tips have been released. There's still a $10,000 reward for any information, but I think at this point, it's going to take someone completely breaking down and coming forward with something really big to finally get to the bottom of this, or even just an outright confession, which is not common or likely. In 2017, Missy's husband, Brandon Beavers, responded to an email request for comments on his wife's ongoing case. Here's a bit of what he said. The children are not terribly fond of apprehending this person. 
They don't want to revisit those emotions. They've told me this. They see and hear the daily anxiety I have in finding this person, and I think they're tired of the mentality this puts our day-to-day life in. This behavior has not left Missy the real legacy she deserves, particularly in the children's eyes. From this point forward, the only thing I will discuss is who Missy was, her contributions to my life, the children, this family, and numerous other people that she loved. As I said, this is an open, ongoing case five years later, and it still hasn't been solved. If you have any information, you can contact the tip line at 927-937-7297. And of course, I would love to hear your theories. So leave me a note on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you are. I want to hear it because I am truly, truly just, I have no idea. I have no idea. I think I know, and then I don't know. And there hasn't been any new tips, but I hope for the sake of, you know, Brandon and the children, we can get some sort of answers because they are just as much victims in all of this. I would once again like to thank tonight's sponsor. Make sure you schedule your servicing today at obriandorcom slash schedule. Check the links in my show notes to support them. As for me, if you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, all one word. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'd love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. If you'd like to become a patron and unlock some badass bonuses, visit patron.podbean.com slash Serial Napper. Until next time, don't be a Dahmer. Bye.